We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to take a moment to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to the community Discord, an e-learning course full of tips and tricks, and on top of all of that, will help get your show pushed to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you're wanting to grow hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience acceptance into the program is limited so get your application in today to apply go to bwhustle.com forward slash join check out the description box in this episode for more information but that's bwhustle.com slash join Mahomes has the time delivers perfectly downfield touchdown Patrick Mahomes Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Joined by Sean Siegel of rotaviz.com. It's always great uh, to get to talk to Sean a couple of times a week to bring you uh, the podcast. And we're into the offseason now. We're really in the thick of it. We're going to be diving into rookie prospects on a regular basis. We're going to be diving into rankings on a regular basis, positional ADP and so on. So lots of stuff to, to look forward to over the, the coming weeks. And on today's show is no different. We'll be talking about the Superflex Dynasty rankings up on the website and linking in the 2021 rookies as well to see where they're fitting in and some of Sean's latest 
rankings uh, as you know if we're looking at it from a, a current draft perspective so looking forward to that on today's show sean but um as we start each and every week um how are you doing this week good it's fun to be in this part of the season doing lots of ffpc best ball drafts and the tools are allowing us to get some great values in those drafts best ball and dynasty we've got a lot of content up on the site on both of those topics as you mentioned and just getting really excited to start incorporating those rookies and blair and i have a lot of rookies and we have them in the right places blair has a great article up on the site about where you need to take rookies in your best ball drafts make sure to check that out but today, like you mentioned, we're going to look at Superflex Dynasty rankings. And the fun part about this is that the 21, 2021 rookies are included. Uh, Kurt, on the show last week, we talked about an article that Curtis had up discussing how you can win your early startup draft every year by making sure you take enough rookies. So the difference between the number of rookies taken in the top 60 and the top 120 before the draft and after the draft is strikingly different. Those rookies tend to really... Uh, go up in value we're going to be looking today where you want to make sure to strike with those early rookie picks to make sure you can both profit from that and just have some of the best players on your team that we know are going to increase in trade value over the next year and a half a key element for any true dynasty is to make sure you're getting enough trade value on your team we'll look into that today yeah i'm looking forward to it and uh, it's gonna be interesting to see if we have any differences and then maybe if we would take the rookie or the veteran or, or how we're going to filter that in but uh, as we talked about on last week's show and of course uh, it was on curtis's piece up on the website uh, i would highly recommend you go and check that out just to see how those values can be in a, added in but we'll be talking about it again on today's show as we work our way through the process Shall we have the contest run over the last couple of weeks and the two winners of the Dynasty Command Center Rookie Draft Guide on Rotoviz are first up, it is PM Farley 21. Uh, he left, uh, he actually messaged me to joke about it. He said that uh, he left uh, a review on Podcast Attic. He said apparently he must be the only person who uses that app, but uh, every single review counts and uh, he is the winner of that first Rookie draft guide and the second winner is pip strell that's p-i-p-s-i-t-r-e-l unless i uh i might have pronounced that wrong so i just wanted to spell it to make sure but the second winner for that review left on itunes so as always we do appreciate each and every single review that is left it does help us here to grow our audience we do appreciate each and every one of them if you haven't already dropped this review it only takes five ten seconds to drop one you can add in more comments if you want then after that you know spend a minute to drop in some comments but we do much appreciate it when we get those reviews and helps us as i mentioned to continue to grow both rotoviz overtime and rotoviz radio as a podcast network so much much appreciated thank you and sean of course linking in with that rookie guide we have the dynasty rookie rankings and they're going to be linked in today with the Superflex rankings up on the website um for the the listeners if you're checking out the Superflex rankings up on the website they are now also tight end premium you have also the option to check your kind of standard league settings as well uh, to go through those dynasty rankings but sean i think it's gonna be a lot of fun today to look through where the the rankings currently set and how that affects the rookies and where they're filtering in to those uh, you know and, and the decisions that some people drafting at the moment may have to make whether they go for the veteran or whether they go for the rookie at their current value so no surprise when we start off a super flex draft that 
quite a, a heavy round one for the quarterback position. Uh, the guys at the top of the list, no real surprise to anybody in terms of the first five picks. We have Mahomes, Murray, Watson, uh, ja- Lamar Jackson, and then Josh Allen. So pretty pretty straightforward there. Uh, I guess then if we look at the first non-quarterbacks, Christian McCaffrey, not a big surprise. Then we have Dak Prescott, Alvin Kamara. Um, I guess somebody who you've talked about on the show that you know you're you're very enthused about and you were last year and you, you wish at times you you drafted more of him this time last year that's justin herbert coming in at quarterback seven i'm guessing for most uh listeners of the show although he's not a rookie but that's probably the first part of the these rankings where we may see differentiation between different people's thought process on on who they take there but uh i'm sure you're pretty pretty strong on him uh, we have dalvin cook then uh, saquon barkley joe borrow up next and then the first rookie that comes into the picture is trevor lawrence at the first pick of the second round which will be the 13th position if we're looking at it from just a, a straight up rankings perspective so trevor lawrence we've, we've talked about him in the last couple of shows there's a lot of uh you know exciting things to to talk about lots of you know potential landing spot in jacksonville we've talked about the players that we like there uh, at the wide receiver position we like the running back and james robinson a lot of potential to turn that offense around very very quickly so he is the first one coming off the board would be coming in there at quarterback nine so for you is that a an obvious choice um uh, and I'll, I'll just tease this with the listeners the next two picks after that are Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs. So two players that I know Sean is a big fan of. So I'm just interested in the thoughts of how difficult it would be to take Lawrence at that spot over one of those two wide receivers. It would be difficult, right? You want to get Justin Jefferson on as many dynasty leagues as humanly possible at this juncture as we go into 2021. I should mention these are my rankings that we're going over today on the site. You can also get Dave's, Blair's, Curtis's. You can look at them together. You can compare them against each other. One of the things that uh, Colin and I are doing right now is looking at the draft grid that displays it you know as though it were a draft which is a nice visual way to look at the different positions and look at how the guys would fall if you're drafting them so you can do all of those things with the tool here i have lawrence as the first pick in the second round and we're going to be talking a little bit more about the dynasty startup mock that sam wallace and i are doing on thursday if you remember the mock without the rookies included right we have this very quarterback heavy first round and then we move to wide receivers in the second and then a mix of wide receivers and tight ends in the third as we try to get those foundation pieces for our dynasty knowing that running backs are going to sort of float through a little bit more now the the superstars went in that first round so we had McCaffrey we had Cook we had Barkley we have Kamara after them there's a big gap down to the next group here if you can start with that 12th position which is sort of an unfortunate position for anybody to draw in their startup where you can get burrow and lawrence you could be sitting in a couple years from now with two of the top five or six guys overall which is a great position to be in a few weeks ago when we looked at my rookie mock for the first round just purely a rookie mock we talked to trevor lawrence as the pretty obvious 101 in superflex ranked number one by travis may in his top 100 rookies uh, in terms of dave's advanced piece in the rookie guide he discusses how there are three key metrics for qb evaluation and lawrence obviously crushes all of those we pulled the box score scout we can see that his most similar quarterbacks 
Andrew Luck, Justin Herbert, and then the aforementioned Burrow. And so looking at those guys gives us a lot of enthusiasm for what he might do. There's a possibility here that Lawrence is the best pure reality QB prospect of all time, which, you know, depending on how much rushing value he could add for you in fantasy, that's the real question in terms of, you know, how high can he push into maybe that top five group. But this column looks like both a safe pick and an upside pick, definitely one that fits this format. I think that if you start Burrow Lawrence at the turn here, you're going to be in very, very good shape despite having gotten that last pick. Where are you looking at this? Would you prefer to have a Justin Jefferson, a guy we've already seen play in the NFL and could be the wide receiver one for the next decade? See, that's where it becomes, you know, when we're looking at it in a rankings format, you know, it's fair to have quarterback, quarterback. And then when you get into an actual draft perspective, which is why I like this grid so much is sometimes you might say, maybe if I start Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, I'm in a better spot than if I start Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. And the reason for that would be when we look then as we get through this in a little bit, um, we're going to have guys still in the rookie format like Justin Fields, but you know, it's going to be Trey Lance, Jalen Hurts. Uh, I know Aaron Rodgers getting up in years, so probably not the player I'd be targeting in, in a draft like this. But the, there's lots of other quarterback options as we do progress um and we we have the opportunity to get possibly the the number one wide receiver in all of uh dynasty on the roster too so just depends on roster construction i think it's a it's a fair decision to make i even think the decision there is to make do we take trevor lawrence ahead of joe burrow uh, and maybe then switch it as well so just depends on overall roster construction i think there's like you made a an interesting statement there that he may be the best quarterback true quarterback prospect of all time which you know we hear names in the past you know like an Andrew Luck or a Peyton Manning and we're starting to get into some rarefied air when we talk about uh, those sort of things so it's that's just how exciting it is coming into this draft class with somebody like Lawrence and a lot of the time we see teams that you know a quarterback like this uh, going first overall in the draft may land in and just the the talent isn't there to have instant success but I think as much as the Jacksonville Jaguars can let let their supporters down on a yearly basis with their their overall record, I think there's a, a lot of potential in that offense. It is a little bit difficult with somebody like Justin Jefferson. Um, what you really see in that second round it is it's packed full of uh, you know superstar wide receiver talent, which is uh, very exciting, particularly in them kind of first three or four picks with AJ Brown going at wide receiver three as well. So, I think Sean, to your question about going back to back at the quarterback position you can set yourself up and be be quite content as we head over into the next couple of seasons but there's always that risk with those young quarterbacks with Burrow coming back off the injury um you know to maybe go for the the wide receiver upside and have that in there as well and get a veteran presence a little bit later uh, at the quarterback position um going back to back in the first two rounds is probably something I would try and avoid in a dynasty startup but I have those guys neck and neck, and I would be probably just giving Lawrence maybe the edge over Burrow, even though Burrow's rookie season was super exciting. I just think the unknown of coming back from a serious injury is, is a concern. If we move further through, Sean, I already mentioned Jefferson and Diggs are the next two guys, and the resurgence of Diggs pre-move to Buffalo versus now in terms of dynasty rankings is, is quite a thing of beauty. Uh, next up is Jonathan Taylor, who... I've had some kind of high high praise comments this offseason with him in terms of where I would take him in dynasty leagues. Uh, and then we have Russell Wilson. So we started to get into the, 
the first kind of I guess established veteran and a lot of concerns around Seattle this offseason with the direction they may go on offense um, and I think Russell Wilson's value from the start of the season to the end of the season was quite a quite a change in trajectory based on how good things looked early. AJ Brown is up now next and and he's probably the guy on this list, you know, that I would be potentially pushing up to that one spot. I think it has to be at the moment Justin Jefferson, but AJ Brown's running him very close. We have guys then like Lamb Higgins who are obviously heading into their uh, second years. Jamar Chase then is the next rookie up at 22. So I think it's very interesting to have him, then Devontae Adams, then Tyreek Hill. We've talked about the veterans in terms of like an Adams, Hill, then Calvin Ridley next. How do we size up what they've done in their careers versus the potential of the rookies coming in versus also how many years they have left on the clock and and how much value can we extract from them in one or two years on, on a trade? Very interesting overall and that kind of shuffle of the the, the the wide receivers breaking those down sean are we still uh you know adams and hell are still in there with ridley um how, how close is it between the likes of jamar chase and those guys and how hard of a decision if you're actually on the clock making that call would it be to to take chase over one of those three that i think is is the interesting thing here so we have this group of very young wide receivers and then we have the group of established stars we know that some of these wide receivers can play well deep into their 20s early into their 30s and continue to score a bunch of points and with adams and hill they're in the situation with elite quarterbacks good offenses and target volumes that are going to be very very high both in terms of what the upside is and in terms of that target floor and so you're really looking beyond the next couple of years if you go after chase here one of the things, too, that is fun about our rankings is that we don't just have them ranked, we have them rated. So you can go in and see where the natu- natural tier breakdowns occur. For me, I have Lamb, Higgins, Chase, Adams, and Hill with virtually identical scores. So it's going to depend a lot on the particular draft, what you're doing and what your goals are in terms of what direction you go. I do like to go for the big play here, though right if chase is as good as we think that he is i would prefer to have that player as a young 20s player where he's going to have five six maybe seven years and still be at a level after that point where you can trade him for peak value so by going with chase you're going after a you're going after a structure in your draft where the value continues to increase as opposed to decrease adams and hill they're going to score points for you, but they're going to decrease in value over the next couple of years. Chase at the same time, when we look at you know 2023, for example, could be so far ahead of those guys that it becomes a no-brainer at that point. So the question is, how much risk are you willing to take? One of the things that's both fun and scary about these rookies is that you have a much wider range of outcomes than you have for an established star. When we look at Chase and we think that he's potentially the best wide receiver prospect that we've had in a while. So we go from perhaps the best QB prospect ever to one of the best wide receiver prospects that we've seen come out in the last decade. We compare him to Justin Jefferson, what they did in that 2019 season together. 1780 receiving yards for Chase, 1540 for Jefferson. Yards per reception, 21 for Chase, 14 for Jefferson. Chase with more touchdowns, obviously a, a larger share of the market share, a larger share, both in terms of yards, touchdowns. A younger player at that time, he was a year. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Younger in 2019 when they both did that together. When we look at Justin Jefferson as being the wide receiver one and then compare him to a college teammate who was better, we can see the upside. Now, you want to go in with your eyes wide open, though, right? Just because someone was good in college, just because someone was better than a teammate who goes on at the NFL level, that transition is different for everyone. Now, I don't think that you're taking a lot of risk with Chase, but you could be giving up some upside, especially if he falls into the wrong situation. So when you're making that pick, you want to be aware of what you're perhaps giving and what you could be getting there when you take that more risky selection than, say, Adams or Hill. Hey, everybody. This is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast. Just stopping by to say thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. Yeah, we're only two, uh, we're only two draft prospects in, but we're already getting pretty uh, pretty excited uh, as we start to talk about these rookies. Um, next up will be, and I skipped Travis Kelsey going in the mid mid uh, second round. Uh, sorry, George Kittle going in the mid second round. Travis Kelsey then going at the start of the third round. Next up in the rookie category at quarterback eleven is Justin Fields, and you know I think there's. Uh, I just think this is a really exciting quarterback class as a whole. Um, we've had years in the past where you know quarterback values get kind of pushed up. They're drafted a lot higher than they should. But I think this year is going to be a year where there's just a lot of good quarterback talent that's going to get drafted. And again, it just depends on landing spot and situation. But I think Justin Fields is another one that there's a lot of a lot of potential in terms of having him on your roster. Just interested, Sean, in your thoughts in terms of we we kind of we're pretty confident in Trevor Lawrence's landing spot, um, and I think it's a pretty good one. But again, maybe maybe I'm being a little bit too confident in that. Justin Fields is it's a little bit less kind of predetermined as to the options of where like we know where he may end up, but where exactly he could end up based on how this quarterback draft could happen in terms of the order could shuffle. Um, we could see somebody like you know Trey Lance or that you know push up the board and, and go ahead of a, a Justin Fields um before the draft is all said and done so just interested in the the value of the quarterback position it kind of feels like we 
we have a pretty good grasp at the moment on the wide receiver rankings but the, the quarterback uh, rankings t- tend to shuffle quite a bit uh depending on where you're you're looking at the moment so what's your thoughts on the the possibility of the the quarterback chain uh the quarterback order changing yeah if, if we have zach wilson push up into that number two overall pick which is where he's going in a ton of mocks and the nfl draft community seems to really like him as a potentially superior option if that happens we're going to see a little bit of a shakeup. now fantasy owners tend to be very heavy on fields uh, kind of across the community seeing him as the very clear-cut number two part of that is that he has the rushing value the rushing upside to be sort of a deshaun watson type player maybe even watson with additional uh, arm talent that kind of of a player and so there's not a whole lot of debate among fantasy owners travis had him number two overall in his top 100 countdown he had wilson and lance in the 20s which gives you a sense of the big break between those guys i may be in the middle i think that wilson and lance are very interesting perhaps especially lance who most uh pundits seem to have in the four slot among those big four right now justin fields as you mentioned we don't really know where he's going to go i don't think that the landing spots are necessarily that bad especially if he were for example to land with the carolina panthers you're then instantly talking about a quarterback who gets to throw to dj moore to robbie anderson in an offense that is very creative has christian mccaffrey to take off some of the pressure so uh, there are some upsides if he were to fall down the board i don't think that you're going to see him move very much i think the thing that you could see is wilson really jump if he goes number two overall blair and i have been targeting him in best ball drafts when he falls well below his adp and again this is kind of one of the fun things you could take advantage of right now if you're using the command center is you can see very easily where some of those guys are falling the quarterbacks like wilson and lance where we really don't know what the nfl is going to do they have a very wide adp range as well so if you can get them on the cheap end of that i think you should take advantage because in all likelihood they're going to rise they're not going to fall as we look forward but Field someone, I think when we look at and talk about the upside, uh, we've mentioned in the past that the other comp of Marcus Mariota, perhaps not as encouraging, but you look at what he's done recently, you look at the physical talent that he has, you look at that mix in terms of profile and what that means for fantasy owners, you know, he's someone else who a year from now could very easily be in that first round. I don't think you're going to want to let him fall much lower than early in the third of a dynasty startup yeah and i agree in terms of like you, you we've talked about this a lot and dave cabin has done some good work on it in terms of like how the quarterback position has changed in terms of how points are accumulated especially with the the russian quarterbacks and the upside that that gives you and if we look at all the guys that are in that uh, top end and the top five picks and even dak prescott as well but you know you're looking at mahomes who rushes quite a bit uh you know it's not the the whole the whole element of his game but he, he does rush quite a bit you have uh kyler murray deshaun watson lamar jackson and josh allen and you know the rookies coming in out of college uh, and those kind of spread offenses having a chance to uh rush a little bit more and you can see that jump being made and the reason i was asking that is when you're looking at the kind of third pick of the third round and we're talking about like linking it back to curtis's piece where you're going to have that uh, kind of a little bit of spike in value after the draft uh, you mentioned the carolina panthers like I, I think we would definitely have a spike in, in adp after the draft if that was the the landing spot but we can also look to one year down the line when the jump 
the jump occurs like we we can look at like Jalen Hurts from last year and he's going in the mid fourth round when we look at the rankings of this draft and we can see how quick you know it, it's very unlikely that that rookie quarterback is going to lose value um you know depending on landing spot it might be a case where he sits behind a veteran for a year um but still the value will certainly be there uh, in the market even the, the following season so uh, very very interesting to see where these quarterbacks all actually do land but uh, just as i mentioned already a lot of exciting uh, talent in this class somebody who we were excited about sean for the majority of last season all last off season was Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he's coming in in that early third round range uh, next up though in terms of rookies is travis etienne and he's going currently in this uh, this ranking system that you you have as the running back six so we're, we're getting into that early territory but when we think back to last year with how the the, the running backs were drafted we had it we had a few people pushing into that higher end and that mainly jonathan taylor was pushing towards uh running back three or four in terms of the the rankings but how realistic is it that uh, we see him I, I, there's 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 such a gap between him and taylor at the current moment do you think there's any chance that that they get close uh, i think taylor um, should be pretty close to a first round pick and even in Superflex uh, dynasty. But do you think that depending on Latin spot, uh, ETN could get could get close to him? I don't know if they can get that high because Taylor finished on such a streak, and we know that he's such a phenomenal talent. We saw him catch a few passes to go along with this breakaway ability that he has. As you mentioned, you've had Taylor even higher than I do where I traded up to take him in the first round of some startups last year. That's how high I was on him. Just for anyone who you know, wasn't part of our draft coverage last year, uh, to give a little bit of context, I mean, he scored a 100 in our running back prospect lab. That's the top score that you can get. That puts him right up there with the superstars like Christian McCaffrey. I think that he's going to take that next step in 2021, you know, very likely that you're going to want him above one of the big four that I mentioned as being a first round pick. ETN though, I do have six. I think that he's the next running back that comes in here. I have him ahead of that next group of second year players in Swift, Akers, Gibson, Dobbins, those guys. I felt like if ETN had come out a year ago that he was the one guy that really pushed Taylor in terms of talent. And he brings the profile to the NFL that I really love, right? He's got that breakaway speed i want my running backs to be able to score on any given play right you want to have that big play potential so you don't need the 25 carries a game in order to grind it out three yards at a time and then you want that receiving ability we talked about blair's article in the rookie guide looking at the things that you needed to see from a running back to really believe they were going to be an nfl star that high level of receiving yards per game came out and was one of the main metrics i don't think that surprises anyone with the way that running backs score points i'm going to have an article uh, in the next week or so looking at the upside for different profiles the likelihood of players from different profiles to be an rb1 and i don't think it comes as a surprise to anyone that that receiving element is crucially important you look at his 2019 season 37 receptions for 432 yards and then coming back last year in 12 games catching 48 passes going for 588 yards i think he's the guy that can be the next alvin Kamara. he's probably more athletic even more ability to take it on one play and score 
Now, the thing that can really foul up the works for these running backs, I think even more than any other position, is just the offense that they go into. And so if he lands in a somewhat bad situation, which is frankly what we got from Dobbins, Akers, Swift last year, then that could slow him down a little bit. At the same time, his value is going to continue to rise. We look at what happened with those rookie running backs last year, and it was frustrating. And yet, who do we want for our 2021 redraft teams even you know we want those guys we want swift we want acres we want dobbins and so uh, even if he gets in a bad situation i think he's going to flourish if he lands in one of these top situations then you know he could challenge to be a first second round turn pick and redraft this year so if you have a chance to get him early take it uh we, we sort of grilled travis on this when he was on the show a couple weeks ago he had etn above jamar chase and while i still have chase up there you know i think it's a realistic conversation to have i mean you want to get this guy on every team that you possibly can yeah and i think it's interesting sean that you mentioned deandre swift cam Akers, uh, and jk dobbins they're actually three of the next four running backs over the next kind of round and a half that go in the running back position and the other one in there is antonio gibson so they're all in that kind of category of we've seen flashes but we're like we're expecting more but is more going to come based on the situation and like there are those prospects that you go from like the ceiling is high but there is also the possibility that there's another uh running back drafted in some of those scenarios so it's uh it's an interesting area the next part that i'm going to say is that the wide receivers are quite similar in terms of um what 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 the question marks are around them now obviously uh, dk metcalf we're we're super excited about what he's what he's going to do deandre hopkins falls into that uh, veteran category like uh, helen adams then we have uh, the young rookie uh, coming in and Devonta smith we also have michael thomas as a veteran we have dj moore who we're unsure of the quarterback position at the moment we have terry mcclorn who are unsure of the quarterback position at the moment so we have a lot of players who we really like but there's a lot of question marks around the the surrounding areas around them so the reason i bring up all those and and one one batch is uh we do have a wide receiver 14 Devonte smith in there um, and that there makes it a little bit intriguing as to the decision making process if we're looking at wide receiver only for somebody like metcalf hopkins claypool smith thomas dj moore and terry mclaurin Smith is a very exciting prospect and you know as we get closer to the draft we're going to continue to talk about the reasons for that excitement um could be a difficult decision for for somebody on the clock at the moment um in terms of making that call and going for the veteran or the rookie but as we talked about and Curtis uh, mentioned in his article I I think there's a chance here that 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 Smith takes that takes that jump forward and we could be seeing him kind of push, pushing towards the Metcalf range come post-draft yeah and i have him ahead of michael thomas which is already a very aggressive uh, move right here he falls just after chase claypool someone who had a fantastic rookie season and could be this next year's dk metcalf so those are high expectations for smith i think anybody who watched him in the college football playoffs understands why that enthusiasm is there we have some of the smaller wide receivers who are still almost impossible to guard you know he could be a more talented version of calvin ridley and we say that with ridley coming off uh, really a fantastic season in 2020 where he established himself as you know one of the top five wide receivers in the nfl one of my favorite wide receiver metrics is travis may's adjusted production adjusted production index 
And the cool part about this, again, is that it marries the peak adjusted dominator rating with a yards and team and touchdowns per attempt stat. And it gives us just a really well-rounded look at context-adjusted production. Smith finishes with a 99th percentile score, right? Just one of the craziest scores that you're going to ever see. That sort of underlines, you know, why he would have been the first Heisman winner at wide receiver since, you know, Desmond Howard arguably in 1991 and Tim Brown in 1987. We've talked a little bit about the red flags that he has there at Alabama, being a senior, being a player who splits time in this fantastic offense with other first round picks at the position. But that 99th percentile API really answers the questions for me. We know that players who come back and play as seniors, play as old players against younger competition and have that NFL talent and the college experience, they tend to destroy their younger peers and give a little bit of a skewed picture of just what they would be as an NFL player. These seniors who come back, they tend to underperform players taken even a round later in the NFL draft. So we want to be aware of the fact that maybe this isn't quite as clear cut as it seems. But with Smith, you have this player who just does so many things well, you know, has the speed to catch it and go, and is probably going to be a top 10 pick. I mean, you can see some mocks where maybe he falls down a little bit, uh, occasionally even falling below, again, his teammate in Waddle there. But I think he's going to go in the top 10. I think he's going to get a ton of early opportunity. If he struggles at all, you can probably still get back out of him at a price that's even higher than what you paid. And and that's really what we're looking for when we make these picks is how can we take a guy where if he plays well, he's going to keep rising in terms of the price. And if he has a little bit of a struggle, he probably stays the same or even rises. And you you can argue about whether or not that's the case with Smith. Maybe if he struggles too much, then people are going to instantly say, okay, well, it was the Alabama offense. He's an old dude. You know, he benefited from being able to have that experience against younger guys. And he does actually lose a little bit of value. You know, if Michael Thomas comes out and has a Michael Thomas type of season and Smith comes out and struggles, then you're going to look at that and be like, well, you know, obviously I wish I had Michael Thomas. But I think the risk reward profile here for Smith is very promising in terms of not only what he can give you, but what he represents in a trade yeah i think so as well and when we look at it sean um we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up there for today's show we will be diving into a lot more prospect talk over the next uh, couple of weeks and months and uh, just for a tease for the listeners if you are checking it out on the rankings check out sean's rankings and then you can switch it over to the the draft grid view and you'll be able to break it down but in that next four rounds there is nine more rookies going so there's a uh, a lot of a lot of uh, ex- rookies to be excited about in this year's class, but just to see where Sean is sprinkling them in among those veterans and some of the decisions that that you might want to be making, even if you're not drafting at the moment or you're thinking about drafting later this offseason or you just want to see the valuation of maybe some of the the rookies versus the veterans, uh, you can slot it in there and see because there will be some of these guys that uh, I know I I be getting uh, DMs on Twitter and emails to say. Who is Sean thinking about as being, you know, this year's Branton Ayuk as an example is one I get quite a bit, Sean. Uh, and, you know, if we look at these now, you might see like a rookie here or a veteran that Sean is quite bullish on heading into this upcoming season might help give you a, a little bit of an early kickstart on those trade attempts 
as you get ready for the season so check that out up on the site i think it's a, a really valuable way to, to spend some time diving into those rankings as always as a loyal podcast listener you can save yourself 10 percent off a road of his nfl pass as well to get access to all of the content and tools up on the website all you have to do is add the code rv radio 2021 at checkout you can go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information it helps set you up for this draft season and and get ready for the 2021 nfl season it seems like a long way away but uh, it'll not be too long before we're uh, really getting ready for those uh, games games in week one rolls around very quick we have a lot to cover in between though with the draft uh, you know free agency and so on and looking forward to bringing you shows throughout the off season. As always, my name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtomorrow. My co-host is Sean Siegel, and you can check out all of Sean's great work up on rotaviz.com. And until we're back on Thursday's podcast with another one, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.